talk about what is optimal parenting because people won't listen to that question because they may not think that it's relevant to them. And so I want people to listen in because oftentimes we have the assumption that we were fed, we had clothes, and maybe those were even new clothes, and we had a nice place to live. Of course, we had optimal parenting. No, that's not optimal parenting. That's just parenting. Like you are entitled to certain things in order for your parents or caregivers not to go to jail, right? And so we get that. And so, but we are, are oftentimes so, is so ingrained in us to be so grateful to our parents that we are so busy being grateful for our parents that we don't think much about what our own needs are, even as adults. So when we talk about optimal parenting, we're talking about parenting that allow us to be our best selves, that allow us to move about the world in ways that enhance our well-being. It allows us to be responsive in the world, not just reacting to the world because we were in an environment where reactions were dominant instead of responsive, responsiveness. Yes, I'm going to break that down. So when we are being responsive toward one another, we are intertwined in terms of, I want to connect with you. You want to connect with me. I want to understand you. You want to understand me. I want to enhance your life and vice versa. That is what happens when parent and children are well bonded. Sometimes many of us have grown up in family systems where the lifestyle is more reactionary. Did you do that? Then this is what's going to happen. Oh, I want to avoid this punishment. I have to do that. That's reactionary interaction not responsive interaction. So reactionary uh, parenting and parent-child relationship or caregiver-child relationship is about getting people to do what you want them to do. Maybe for good reasons. Of course, I have to make my child do their homework because they have to get good grades because they have to go to college. All that is true, but we can do those things in ways that are responsive instead of reactionary. So when we talk about optimum parenting, we're talking about you've been parented in a way that gives you a sense of self-confidence, that gives you a, a fairly clear uh, positioning in the world where, where your life becomes predictable and desirable. You can get what you desire. You can predict how to get to your next desti destination or your goal. You know a relationship is going to work based on your ability to predict. But if, for example, if you are seeking uh, something that you were not given as, as, as a child, your desire to seek that may override what your intuition or good senses tell you about who people are. That's an example, right? So then that minimizes my ability to predict what's gonna happen because things get in my way of what I'm trying to fulfill that I didn't get as a child. So I am continuing to react in adulthood instead of respond accurately to what's coming into my life. Does that make sense? Oh, uh, no, that... 
<laughs> yes, that that definitely makes absolute sense. Yes. Um, thank you for that. Was there, is there something else you want to add to that? Right. So I just want so I just wanted to first make sure people kind of had a sense of understanding what does it mean when someone says maybe I didn't have an optimal life? How did I know if I had an optimal childhood or not? So it's, I just want to want people to understand that, one, you have a right to question who you are and how you got here. And when we do that, this is not about making our parents wrong or responsible for who we are. No, 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 no. We want to understand what the influences have been so that we can take better care of ourselves, not so that someone else can come and fix what's wrong with us or what's not working or anything like that. This is not about even holding anybody accountable. This is about holding ourselves accountable by finding and living with the truth of who we are, how we became this way, what's getting in our way so that we can make different choices so that we can continue to develop as human beings. Just because we're, we are adults now doesn't mean that development stops. One of the ways that we continue to develop is by continuing to investigate all the ingredients that went into us being who we are. That includes the parenting and caregiving that we that we received. So this is not about your parents. This is about who you are now and what has gone into that. Okay. So one of the things I will say again, because this is about self-development at the end of the day, we're talking about how do I continue to develop as a human being, no matter what the ingredients are uh, that has gone into me being here. And so one of the things that's important is that I want people to be intentional. That's what the healing challenge is about. Be intentional about who you are. So we don't just continue the rest of our lives reacting, 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 and often don't even realize what we're reacting to because we never stopped to give ourselves permission to understand. So instead we just react, but we don't even question what we're reacting to. We just continue to react. So I'll say, first of all, read some books. Read some articles, read some information, read books on personal development, read books on transformation, read books on leadership. Stop reading the books on how to get rich. Stop reading those books on how to find love and stop reading those religious texts like the Bible. Stop it. I ain't saying stop it forever, but here's what I want you to understand. You are in need of getting to know who you are. I'm trying to get you interested in reading books, read the healing journey, read books that help you understand who you are, not what somebody else is telling you you are or should be or can be. Read books to help you understand who you are so that you're not a rich, miserable person. So you don't find a partner and make yourself and that partner miserable. So you don't run from God and cling to religious traditions. Okay. So let in something that tells you about yourself. If you've had less than uh, optimal parenting or you have had anything else that, that stops you from being your best selves, find out what it really means to be your best self. So read texts 
about becoming your best self. Learn the inner workings of the heart and the mind and how they are intertwined so that you can be intentional with your life practices. I know that was a long answer, but the question was too important not to spend some time talking about it. Yeah, no, 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 no. That was, that was absolutely perfect. I want to just go back to something that you said, just to just kind of, I don't know, for lack of a better term right now, to play devil's advocate when you say, well, you know, you can't, you know, you can't blame your parents. Stop, you know, going back. I can hear like the person, I can imagine the person that has suffered some abuse, right? Along with parenting. How would that apply to them? Gotcha. So if you, so if you already know, if it's pretty clear to you uh, that you did not have optimal parenting, that just means, I hope what that means is that it's clear to you that you have work to do. That's your work to do. If you didn't have optimal parenting, that's your work to do. The parents can't do the work anymore. However you resolve that with, however you feel about your parents, you feel about your parents. That has not, that's, that's a different discussion when we get into things like confrontation or forgiveness or, but that's a, that's a discussion for another time. Please join a healing journey so we can have those type of discussions. But when, in terms of how do you recover from less than optimal parenting, that is all your work. Now, when you talk about what your relationship want, what relationship you want to have with your parents or your caregivers, now, now you're talking about how do I repair relationships with people? Another, that's, a, that's the discussion for the healing challenge. But in terms of developing and recovering, that is all your work. It's all your work is coming to understand where those less than, how those, the less than optimal parenting affected you. What are the desires that you're left trying to fulfill? How can you really come to understand those deeply? That's why reading the transformational type texts are so important. So you can really begin to understand what were you supposed to have in place of that? What should you have had? If you know your parents should spank you too much or you didn't, okay, what should they have done? What did that do to you? What was your reaction? Because maybe we both have been physically abused, but the way that you respond to that is going to be different than the way that I have responded to that. So it's not the abuse that gives the ultimate um, uh, reaction in your life. It's about what did that do in your life? So that's why the work is so personal. It's not up to anyone else. It's your work to do. Yeah, thank, yeah, thank, thank you for answering that. Yes, indeed. Um, you know, it, you know, just the one thing I just want to say, you know, to our viewers out there is that you know, people probably may look at the title of the book, "The Healing Journey: Relationships and Wellness Guide," and think, well. You automatically think that, hey, okay, this is just about my intimate relationships or my business relationship or, you know, my relationships with friends. And uh, the point here is that sometimes we focus so much on our intimate or platonic or business relationships and not those without children, right? And I think sometimes, sometimes some of us 
um, kind of take that relationship for granted because it is our children and by default, they know, right, that we love them, that we mean well and only want the best for them, you know, all the rest of it. But I think there's a difference in what we assume and what we demonstrate and nurture. So I, I guess the question is, what, what must we do to foster healthy relationships? And what are the psychological impacts on child development? I hope that makes sense. I think so, yes. And again, what you say about our relationship with our children and taking them for granted is so, so powerful. When we've been taught to believe that, for example, children belong to us, that we that they owe us everything and we owe them nothing. We even tell adults that, right? No matter how old they are, that they are forever indebted to their parents and you can't be mad at them, no matter how toxic their parents are. And that goes back to what you were talking about uh, a few minutes ago with the last question, right? So we've talked about slave mentality before. So we're going to just try and get people to understand that in deeper ways, again, through this question. People as possessions is a slave mentality. It doesn't matter if you're talking about your wife, it doesn't matter, or your husband, or your parents, and it doesn't matter if you're talking about your children. When we see children only as extension of us and or they belong to us, that is a slave mentality. The idea that someone can belong to you is a slave mentality. You think that someone owes you something. And so when you do that, if you do that, then your relationship, we just talked about that relationship, is going to be based on obedience, loyalty, earning love. We deliver harsh consequences if we get anything contrary to that, right? That's a slave mentality. I want people to get that and understand that because I want better for people. I want better for humanity. In order to foster healthy relationships with our children, we have to start with our beliefs about the parent-child relationship. We have to remember that we're raising small human beings, not objects or things that came from our wounds. We have to remember that we're raising small and innocent human beings to be competent, loving adults who make good decisions. How we talk to them influences that outcome. How we discipline them matters. How we protect them sends a message to their future self. Everything we do to our children matters. Every time we talk to them, their adult self is listening to. If you want to have a future loving and trusting relationship with your children when they're adults, make yourself worthy of that relationship now. Learn to discipline with love, not fear. Fear that you're trying to prevent them from being shot by the police. No. Guide them with trust, not suspicion that they're going to somehow bring shame on you. Protect them with clarity of purpose, not confinement. Again, I will say, be intentional in your parenting. Don't be reactionary in your parenting and don't parent the way that you are parenting. 
because that's the only tool that you have. Get better tools. You know, that reminds me of a conversation we were having at, at, at another point about, and it was about the slave mentality and it was about the beatings, right? You know, how, you know, how we beat our children and, um, and what the purpose of that was at one time, right? When we, yeah. when we were going through slavery. So do you, do you want to just hit on that briefly? So right. So that? Right. And so part of that mentality, and it's not just in um, in um, the black community, but it, it works both ways. It's in it's in all communities because that's the mentality that was dominant during the time of slavery where things happened very quick because you were literally people were literally being trained as animals. Right. And so you want a quick response. And so when we are in danger, our brains, right, tell us to respond quickly and whatever we need to do to get out of that danger quickly. And so the time of slavery was, there was such, so, such heightened danger that oftentimes people spanked their children to prevent any, anyone else from having to spank them. There was no time, like you, your body was not your own, if we go back to the owning bodies. Your body literally was not your own. Literally, someone owned your body. And so because of that, we had to do other things to so-called make ourselves stay alive. I won't say safe, but to keep ourselves alive for another day. And so you didn't have time to talk to your child, to explain to your child. You wanted obedience and loyalty because that was the only thing that had any chance of keeping you alive. And so here we are hundreds of years later, still practicing as if we are still living in a time where we do not own our own bodies. We need to understand that nobody should own anybody anymore. That time is done and we have to raise children accordingly. You know, I'm just going to play devil's advocate here right before we go on to the next question. Um, so, so, okay, I'm going to go back to, you know, because it was to keep, it was to keep us safe back then because it was like, you didn't have time to say, now, little Johnny, you know, you don't talk back to somebody, you know, you don't talk back to so You couldn't, it was just that quick backhand in the mouth because if little Johnny said something out of line, little Johnny could be killed, the whole family could be killed, whatever it was, right? And some would probably argue, especially when you were talking about the whole thing, you know, with how we um, deal with our, some of us deal with our children in regard to when they're out there with, with the police. So some people would still argue, well, hey, but that danger is still there. So what would be uh, parenting out of fear and to keep someone safe as opposed to parenting uh, in a way around that particular situation um, that would be nurturing, that would be more confident building or supportive and healthier. Right. Danger is, is always there for, for any human being. We're not the only ones who are in danger. Danger is always there, right? And it is more pronounced for others, uh, for, for some than for others. It is. I totally get that. Right. That doesn't mean it should be the most important thing. Most of the time, 
our lives are not in danger. So when we, uh, uh, during slavery, for uh, Africans who were enslaved, enslaved, their bodies 100% of the time was in danger. 100% of the time they were in danger. 100% of the time. They didn't have to walk out their door to be in danger. 100% of the time their lives were in danger. That's not true today. We have to understand that. Do we have more danger, for example, in black communities um, where we are at risk of getting shot by the police? I'm not talking about gang violence. I'm talking about systemic violence, right? Yes, there is heightened danger there, but we are not in danger all of the time. We are growing and developing all of the time. And so if you're still raising and speaking to your children as if they're in prominent danger all of the time, they will not develop optimal resources for survival or, or for, they will for survival. They will develop resources for survival, but not for thriving and becoming their best selves. We have to get out of survival mode. Do we need safety? Yes. Those conversations can happen and we can, we can pass that information down along, uh, along in, in different ways other than just um, using physical coercion to get children to do what we wanna do. More than understanding danger, they need to understand relationships. They need to understand the value of of um, respect for their fellow human being. Men have to understand what a relationship is, a caring relationship is with a significant other. Women have to understand what a caring relationship is with a significant other that is not based on bodily exchanges. Like there are a whole lot of things that we have to understand that goes beyond safety. But too often in, in our world, we get stuck on safety. And so we often, for example, if we get stuck on safety, that means we never learn how to take adequate risk for development. And if you are going to have optimal development, you must take optimum risk. You must be taught how to take adequate risk in order to grow. And when we keep the knob on safety, then we really make our children sacrifice too much. This is a word this morning. Thank you for that. And that, that really just segues into my next question, which is what are some of the biggest mistakes people make with um, parenting? Um, I, you know, and, you know, sometimes when I, I think of some things of my own, just coming out of my own background and just looking at things that are um, kind of popular in society, like right now, I think about emotionally unavailable parents. I think about there was the big thing around tiger moms, right? <laughs> I think about that. Um, I think about belittling children, right, to get them to comply or to, express disappointment with something. So um, yeah, what are some of the biggest mistakes people make with parenting? All right, people really are not going to like this answer. I'm going to whisper it. No. <laughs> 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 
Uh, I think the ultimate mistake uh, in parenting is that we parent as a reaction to the way we were parented. Either we parent like we've seen what was modeled to us, or we do just the opposite. We, we parent so that we're never going to become that. That's still a reaction, right? Instead of parenting in, a, in responsiveness to our child's needs, we're parenting as a reaction to what we received as a child. Here's the thing. Children don't ask to be here. It's really our own selfishness that bring our children into our lives. We want something that we think a child is gonna bring to us. So really think about it. Maybe we owe them, not the other way around. When we make a decision to bring children into this world, yes, our lives must become dictated by their every move. We have to feed them, clothe them, shelter them, all of that. That's our responsibility, yet we keep telling children, they better be grateful. Why? They didn't ask to be here. <laughs> you did that. You did that. You brought them here to fulfill some need you had, right? There are emotional demands that are greater than any amount of money you will ever spend on your child. So we can't punk out on the emotional demands of parenting just because we give people good clothes and food and cars to drive. Here's the thing. We have to start healing our own wounds so that we don't pass them down to our children. The biggest mistake that we make is not healing. Tell me the child's problem and I will tell you what isn't healed in the parent. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, that, and you know, that is just so profound. And I think I even, I said this last podcast, you know, when you hear people talk about who don't have children, who are planning on children, having children, you know, they always say, oh, you know, I'll have children, you know, when, you know, I get that promotion, you know, when I make more money, you know, when I move by a house, you know, like whatever it is, but you very rarely hear people say, I've never heard of about to say, let me just put it like that, that, you know, when I heal all, when I heal my stuff, that's when I'm going to have children, right? When I become emotionally healthy or healthier, that's when I'm going to have children. And, 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 and you really don't heal that. So that is just profound. If you say, you know, show me the child and I can tell you what hasn't been healed in the parent. That is just, whew. Yeah, that 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 is that's really big, you know. And you know, I just want to get back. I, I want to say something um, in regard to Tiger Moms, right? Because when I when I and this is not a slam, right? Against against anybody, because my I, I would consider my mother a Tiger Mom. You know, it was like you know, stay on it, stay on it, stay on it. If you brought home a B, oh no, that's not good enough. You know, you should have had an A. You know, if you brought home a 95% or 99%, that wasn't good enough because you should have gotten a hundred. And I don't care what was going on with the rest. You could have got a, you should have got a hundred. And I understand 
where she was coming from on a certain level, right? Was that, you know, you always should be trying to be your best self, but at this, but as a child, what I kept hearing, and I, I interpreted that was that I was never enough. I was never good enough. So that's why I was really coming with giving that tiger mom example. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, you know, try to have our children, you know, develop their potential, but there's got to be a better way to do that. Right. And so we do it uh, in a way that's responsive and not reactionary, because we think if you don't do it, then it's going to reflect bad on me. Then that's the kind of stuff we have to really think about what kind of relationship do we want to have with our children? Can we have an optimal relationship and get optimal parenting, right? Um, yes, that can be the goal. And we're not talking about perfection here. We're just talking about evening out the odds that our children are going to be happy with themselves not just with the quality of life you enable them to have. Having high goals for children is not what damages them. Children can meet high standards. They can meet it in the way uh, that's presented to them that feels responsive though, not, not obligatory in that I'm doing something to earn love from my parents. I'm doing something to pay my parents for feeding me, right? We can be a soft landing and give children encouragement and encourage them to be their best, not demand that they're their best. We'd be surprised, but we don't trust. We haven't been taught to trust the process of humanity, to trust children, to trust what love can bring in our lives. It's difficult to trust it if you haven't experienced it. But just because you have not experienced it does not mean that you can't learn how to do it. It just means you have to do it a different way than by what you got from firsthand experience. Because we don't want to keep passing down what we got firsthand experience. So some parents tell their children they have to be better than another race. Some parents tell their children they have to be good enough to marry. Some tell their, their, their children that you have to have children. These are the needs of parents, not the needs of children. So too much demand on anything will move us further away from our child's needs and a focus on our own. But as I said, children are not here to fulfill our needs. And so it's not that, you, that they can't do anything or shouldn't do anything to make you happy, but perhaps your first obligation is to connect with your child. Put that first and the other things that you're trying to accomplish with them will come easier. But it is very, very possible for you to help your child be the greatest physician or musician or whatever else, and have absolutely no connection with you at all. And it, you know what? It won't feel good to them, and it won't feel good to you either. Mm -hmm. uh, let me let me just get because we're kind of over time here, but you know that's fine. This has just been so much good 
information. So many nuggets as usual, Dr. Bakari. Thank you. I hope everybody out there listening has been taking copious notes, okay? Because this, this is really powerful. This has really been a powerful podcast here. Um, so the last question that I, I want to ask is for those of us as adults who still face challenges from our upbringing, what what can we do or what must we do in order to recover? The healing challenge 2022 is the answer. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is the answer. That's the answer. Join the healing challenge 2022. Join us in January in January, and we will begin to work through the book. I'm And I'm being 100% serious. I'm not being facetious. I'm not joking. Start there. Join the healing challenge. Come be with people who understand the value of personal development. Come join. Each month, we're going to speak about a topic that's important. The topic in the book, we're going to bring you solutions to stop struggling so much in your life. If you haven't signed up yet, go to the go to the website, sign up today. Sign up. It's only $50 for a whole year. That's practically free, as she said. And I know that you are going to benefit. So start there. 